Welcome back to Extra AI, your podcast series on machine learning and AI applications. This is your host, Raghu Banda. And today I have invited a guest from SAP to talk about SAP's AI tools like SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad, which have been released recently in the later half of 2022. We have had numerous other conversations with SAP guests on the topic of the different ML services, whether built on BTP or the different frameworks like ISLM. We have also had conversations with startup founders and startups on the topic of MLOps. So now that SAP came up with these SAP AI tools like SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad, I thought it might make sense to have some conversation about it because these SAP AI tools help you to build your machine learning models. You might be getting from data from different places like HANA or maybe other external data sources. You can do your data engineering. And then using the SAP AI tools like AI Core and AI Launchpad, you can build your machine learning models in-house or obviously you can also bring in models from outside of SAP. So we are going to have some interesting conversation uh, and I have invited Mr. Hadi Harris uh, from SAP. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. As always, I'll provide you more details at the end of the podcast. All right, uh, welcome back to the new year. And this in the new year, uh, I have uh, the first one of these first few sessions that I'm gonna do is around SAP AI. Uh, so today I have a guest, uh, Mr. Hadi, and we will be talking about SAP AI in the context of SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launch Launchpad. Uh, welcome, uh, Hadi. Uh, could you provide a brief uh, introduction from your end? Yes. Hey, Raghu. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Hadi Harris. I'm the lead product manager for SAP AI Core and AI Launchpad. Um, it's basically um, yeah, BTP tooling for AI, um, um, which which um, customers partners um, can use. But um, not only for our customers and partners, it's also a main purpose is also that we uh, that we internally can use it um, to embed AI into our solutions. So that's my brief overview. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Hadi, um, for uh, that brief introduction. Uh, so like always, how I do with these podcasts, uh, I start with a teaser question so that I can ease our audience into that. Uh, maybe I'll put forward this teaser question uh, in a different way about uh, maybe you can provide a real world experience or an example uh, of ML that improves your routine and what are the challenges that you have faced before? A real world experience. Um, there. There's of course a lot, but in my past experience, there were one specific example which really um, um, improved people's lives, which were, um, yeah, it's about taxation. 
Uh, it's a real world example. So it was about text, uh, taxation text data. And uh, what the customer wanted to do is to extract uh, key specific um, items out of the text so that um, it's easier to um, um, summarize the text. And for that, we uh, used at that time uh, machine learning models to not only extract those keyword items, but also to classify those. And um, that's one typical example uh, for text classification, let's say. But there's also a lot more. So there's one big, uh, big case for image recognition, which is something like logistics. Yeah, you have these big um, ship containers where you have numbers on top of that. And one of our um, S4 logistics cases is uh, when you scan that uh, uh, picture, uh, you directly uh, reference it to the um, container which is in the system, and then you match this uh, from the image. So that you not need to look into the system and find the specific container number. So that's a different, a second one a use case uh, which which we have. Yeah. Thanks, Hadi. I think these are some uh, real good examples. I think in the context of SAP, when you have been talking about uh, that are really helpful and really change the way how we interact with uh, some of these customer scenarios. Thank you. Okay, let us take a quick break and then we get into the main meat of our conversation. All right, uh, welcome back. So now let us get into the main meat of our uh, today's discussion about SAP's AI, and we can get into the fewer details of this SAP's AI, whether we talk about the internal things like the SAP AI core or SAP AI launchpad. But before getting there, I want to first get this big picture perspective of about how AI projects are implemented. So maybe Hadi, could you, provide some um, thoughts uh, with a big picture overview about how AI projects are implemented and then we can get into the other basic steps and how we get there. Sure, sure. So, I mean, from a technical point of view, there, of course, there are some um, steps that we need to take, but maybe before we jump in into the how, maybe it's also interested um, into the, um, yeah, how do we tackle this to implement it? So, so it's there, and and what we saw also from our internal um, projects that we um, uh, pub uh, or published or uh, um, broadcast is that there are three bigger topics to tackle before you can really implement su some successfully an AI project. Um, whichever tooling you have. So the first one what we saw is, and that's, I guess, also across the industry, the same similar thing, thing is you need to tackle the process first, right? So the, um, you need to go into your business processes, reinvent sometimes the wheel to build on AI and implement this AI into the business process so that you leverage really the value out of AI. The second one is the people. Uh, the second big topic is people, mm -hmm. and there we we need. It's not only about um, having the right expertise at this uh, specific uh, spot. It's also about having an AI-driven mindset, right? So that this means you need to have labeled data, or you have at least good data quality, or and so on and so on, so that you can start to um, uh, go with your AI journey. And, and that's the people mindset, let's say. Yeah, it's it's not it's the expertise on one hand, but also the people mindset that um, you are willing to invest into AI and also um, do uh, 
do specific tasks to um, raise this. And then last but not least is the tooling question, right? And there um, you need to have uh, tools that are interoperable uh, with, a, a, with that can support a multitude of personas because um, it's not only about one data scientist or one developer that do it. It's, if, if it's really across the whole organization, there are a lot of specific um, personas connected to this um, project that runs live or is pro productively running. So um, there you need to have tooling that can support all those um, personas. So that's basically the way um, which you need to tackle before uh, you can successfully run an NAI project mm -hmm. uh, technically. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You've put it in a in a great way, Hadi. I think these are the three, three things I also keep talking about in my podcast when I talk about AI, people, processes, and technologies. Whenever we talk about the data layer, I think these are the three things which really come into the big purview of uh, what we do. Uh, so now that we talked about that, let, let us get a bit more pragmatic and get into the basic steps that are involved in an AI project. What are the various stages involved in an AI project? Maybe if you could highlight a bit and talk about a bit more, then we can get into the other details. Sure, sure. sure. So, I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest, um, and all, all of us know this, without data, you can't do anything, right? You, right. For AI, you need to have massive data. And... Um, there we call this first phase the data management uh, um, phase or stage, uh, which involves a lot of lot of um, tasks that is underlying towards this um, step or stage. Uh, it's about data cleansing, it's data collecting, it's um, um, understanding where the data comes. Maybe you need to uh, merge data all this whole um, data engineering task, let's say, maybe you even incorporate, I don't know, um, data sources from out, from from um, open open sources, and so on and so on. So there's a lot of lot of topic about data management, but at the end, it comes to boils down to a specific data set, which mm -hmm. is needed for your AI project to run, mm -hmm. right? So this whole uh, in um, process of massaging your data, getting the right values until your final data set. Mm -hmm. And this final data set, when I say final, it, this is can be, of course, um, um, dynamically. Yeah, it can be dynamic. It's not like one set one set right. in stone one at some time, but um, it's need, the process needs to be there. Then you, it's the next, next stage for this AI project is the... AI exploration or let's say AI modeling phase where more specific AI people like data scientists or AI developers mm -hmm. can spend some time on the data set that is provided for them to um, yeah, explore the, the capabilities on top of this data set to understand the data that and not only to understand it, but also to see what is possible with this data set, right? So that's the big, big um, next stage in a in a project, which we also refer sometimes to the uh, experimentation phase, because mm -hmm. uh, there you really experiment with different algorithms, different um, um, tooling, uh, see what is possible, what gives you um, what what is the outcome. But most of the time, this is like a fixed data set. There is mm -hmm. not the process of really running it um, through. And once you have done your all your research, let's say, and the experiments are, are done then you'll come into the phase where it's really then critical. And there we see also most of the time the biggest gap 
is to bring your experiments into production. Mm -hmm. And there, um, the that's basically the next stage is the AI productization phase where um, there are a lot of lot of things come together. It's not only about the right model choice or the right data that comes. There is a lot of multitude of other tasks that are uh, related to that. Uh, it could be monitoring. It could be um, traceability. It could be um, uh, a way how to maintain this also the product productization of the AI use case. So there's a multitude of things that comes in into play to productization. And the fun thing is, this is not only AI specific, right? I mean, if you mm -hmm. would productize also an IT product, it's the same way. Yeah, You need right. to spend much, much more on things than in your experimentation phase. So that's basically those three stages that we see. Of course, it's, again, basic three steps. There's a lot right. of more technical uh, depths there, but I see as an overview, uh, those three st um, steps um, are really important in a project. Beautiful. I think you put it in a, a very easier way for the people to understand, though these are the three basic steps. Of course, when you dive into them, there are much more detail in each of these steps. And that comes, and, and like you are also explaining, like you also explained about the basic product-based development as well, when we talk about these DevOps. And now I think we are getting into a stage where we talk more about MLOps, the mm -hmm. operational lifecycle management of how these various ML models come into play. So why is this? We keep hearing a lot, I believe the last two, three years, I think around the COVID pandemic times, we started hearing a lot about these MLOps. Why is MLOps so important nowadays? Maybe we yeah. can provide some thoughts around that. It, 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 it's a really good question, and I also see that that also it, it, this whole topic really uh, pushed the last uh, two three years a lot, because um, and that's also what is um, known in a lot of in the data science community is we spend a lot of time to experiment, and right. we have a lot of lot of experiments, but where where does it deliver value? And that's the problem. It's not delivering value if it's not in production. Right. And to productize something, you need to also think about your strategy, how to operationalize AI or ML. Mm -hmm. And that's where this whole ML ops topic comes into play because um, it's like the chicken egg problem, right? So uh, if you don't have the tooling to observe your ML or AI, which is running in production, uh, you can't really do it correctly. Mm -hmm. Of course, on the other hand side, you need to have the AI project to operationalize it. So it's like, like a chicken egg problem. So uh, this is why the whole MLOps topic uh, is so huge now, uh, because um, to really successfully productize your AI um, use case or project, you need to have MLOps principles in place so that you can um, safeguard your running product uh, productive AI use case um, there are some some tasks, small uh, easier tasks in, uh, incorporated to that. It's like monitoring, traceability, but also how to manage the AI use case um, if you have updates. Mm -hmm. And this whole CI/CD topic, let's say, which also reflects to other software solutions, comes also in there into play because. To be honest, if you have just one AI use case that was done like two years ago, and then there was no updates happening on that, that that won't be feasible. Right. Yeah? You need to have a way to update, and this and 
that's why this whole ML ops topic comes into play. Um, yeah, that's basically basically. Sure. Uh, of course, I can spend much more time on this topic, but um, I guess sure. uh, I would stop here. <laughs> Beautiful. I think. See, this is where uh, the concept of. Uh, because we keep hearing a lot about, hey, we have developed a lot of use cases, whether it is SAP or the other customers, but we have a lot of use cases. We have done a lot of ML models. A lot of models are built, implemented, but then you need to have this constant upgrading these ML models. And that is where the concept of these ML ops and how do you monitor these models and how do you update them regularly comes into play, like you very well mentioned. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, I know now that we have covered the basic topics about uh, the AI projects, how they're implemented, the basic steps, and also the introduction of the ML ops, Maybe I would want to take a quick break so that the audience can digest that a bit and then we come back and get into the more details about SAP's uh, AI, uh, how we are handling from SAP standpoint, MLOps and other things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, welcome back. So we have been having an interesting conversation with uh, Hadi on the topic of SAP's AI. So now let us get into this uh, very important question about what are the different data science tools that are used in a typical AI implementation or an AI realization project. And since we briefly wanted to touch base about SAP's MLOps, when and how they come into play. Maybe could you provide some brief thoughts around that, Hadi? I think there are two parts to this, right? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So let me uh, first jump into the uh, data science tooling uh, part. So um, what, what so when you talk with AI developers or data scientists, um, what are the buzzwords that you hear from tooling perspective? So. Um, a lot of them <clears throat> use Python as environment or um, language to do, develop um, something or test something. Um, that's basically the language. Um, but there, are, of course, there's also more, much uh, other tooling. Mm -hmm. But let's mm -hmm. say, stick with the uh, biggest one or the most used one. And then we have the IDE question. So what they are using as an IDE. And then you hear sometimes Jupyter Notebook as an interactive way to run um, um, coding which is then more a functional coding perspective because if you have run you have cells there and then you run it and then you have get the output and then you run the next um, code so that's then the jupyter notebook perspective but you can have also just a normal ide and there we have like two containers which is really famous in the um, data science community one is the vs code uh, uh, visual studio code um, and the second one is um PyCharm, which is also can be used with the community edition, which is also quite quite famous. But there's also a lot of other mm -hmm. IDEs for Python to use. So that's basically those those topic. And then we come to um, more, um, since we are talking about realization of a project or um, productization, uh, what comes into the, 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 into then into play. There's, of course, the concept of Git, yeah? mm -hmm. um, because you need to, 
to track your source code. You need to want to right. track it. You want to uh, review it and so on and so on. So Git comes there also as central centerpiece. And then if you really want to have the opportunity to scale out and, and provide a, a, a robust environment, you reach out to topics like um, Docker and uh, Kubernetes. Um, which is in the cloud context anyhow, um, just the standard as, mm -hmm. as of now, right? And uh, there also ML ops or AI in general comes also into play. Mm -hmm. So that's the question about data science tooling. Now about the SAP ML ops uh, perspective, where does it comes into play? So um, we are focusing most of it um, on the productization. So this means that um, your data, if we refer to the uh, men uh, mentioned stages before, uh, data management, AI exploration, and AI productization, we're focusing mainly on the AI productization and the ex AI exploration to getting into the productization phase. Yeah. Um, data management, it's most of the time happening somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. um, the AI exploration um, also most of the time happens, like mentioned in those tooling, like Jupyter Notebook, Python, and so on. But... Um, if you want to do it in a SAP context, you need to have, of course, uh, tooling like, um, yeah, again, Python environment, or you can reach out to Business Application Studio, which is our IDE in BTP, or, or, or. So there are several options. And the most important part is then how to come from your experiments into the uh, productization phase, which then SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad comes into play. Um, SAP AI Core then um, more from the um, um, runtime engine, run environment, and AI Launchpad more than from the um, monitoring um, capability UI where you want to watch over your AI use case. Mm -hmm. So that's... Um, in short, the answer to those questions. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I like the way you have put it, like uh, since coming from uh, the enterprise customers background and then where we mainly, where SAP mainly focuses on the productization of these AI use cases, it fairly, I think, focuses on the productization phase. Of course, like you mentioned in the data management and the feature engineering aspect, there are many tools that the customers or the partners can use. But when it comes to the productization phase, the MLOps lifecycle management and the MLOps platform, this is where the SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad realistically helps to monitor these models that are developed and how you could update them. Beautiful. Uh, so a follow-up question to that is, how does SAP's AI tools help these enterprise customers? Maybe could you explain a few words about that? Sure, sure. So um, since our focus with SAP AI Core Launchpad is um, not only customers and partners, but of course also our internal um, um, stakeholders, mm -hmm. um, like um, those big uh, solutions like Ariba, S4, um, success factors. So if you, again, if I ra raise your question, how does it help our enterprise customers is, of course, to embed AI into those solutions that mm -hmm. runs basically on AI core and AI um, launchpad. So this means a customer would use an intelligent scenario, which is in S4 or in Ariba or in success factors or even in Concur, mm -hmm. which underlying runs then um, from SAP perspective on AI core, which serves them all, all, all their purposes. But that's, of course, one side of the medal. The second side, the other side is um, 
enterprise customers, they say, I have so so specific use case, I can't use the embedded uh, AI scenarios from those um, um, solutions. I need to implement something else, but in the SAP landscape context. Mm-hmm. There, you would then come to um, um, SAP Aircore and Launchpad. Yeah? So that's... That's the context, I guess. Beautiful. I think, uh, yeah, amazing. I, I like, I like the way you have brought this into the context. Uh, taking this a further, a bit more. How, uh, or rather than saying how we could, my question is, when to use these SAP AI that comprises of AI SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad? Maybe could you talk a few things around that? Yeah. Sure. Sure. So. Coming to uh, when to use SAP AI, uh, Aircore and Launchpad, um, it, it would be in t- good to understand what we have in our portfolio. So from that perspective, um, we have the AI business services, which we have there for easy to use use cases. And then maybe to set this in context with the previous question, um, 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 Ariba, Success factors, um, um, S4, Conquer, those have embedded AI scenarios. But if you say, as a customer, does not that that's not enough for me. I want to have something specific. Then always look into the AI business services because you don't want to redo a lot of things that maybe it's already there, right? Mm-hmm. Just from logic perspective. But in cases where it's really, really so specific to your enterprise, to your use case, to your industry, um, then you want to have something that can connect to the SAP data in the SAP um, um, context or environment. And then you run it on SAP Aircon Launchpad. And there where then SAP Aircon Launchpad comes into play and shines. Um, So the question back, when to use it, it's really that's basically the decision tree. If you if you if you drill it down, right? Use first the uh, enterprise um, uh, solutions. If that's not feasible, use the um, the AI business services. If that's not sufficient, of course, then you have the ability to customize it by yourself. But keep in mind, customization means also that you need to maintain and run it by yourself, right? So, and we from SAP really wants to give our customers easiness to to work on it right because maintaining an ai use case even uh, we do a lot of the um, infrastructure work it's still um, a hassle and if you use those pre pre um, provided embedded ai scenarios uh, it's helping you beautiful beautiful i, li- I like uh, the way you have set the expectation here starting with the enterprise built easy to use ai use cases easy upgrades and then you have these AI business services, which are again available, so you can ready to use services. And then if and we have uh, like from SAP, huge customer base and partners, we have different types of customers, and there are situations and scenarios where you want to develop and you want to maintain your own use cases. You are, you can then this is the latest, the greatest and the latest SAP AI core and SAP AI launchpad you can use and then build with that and then maintain. But the key takeaway there is that, yes, you have to maintain your uh, use cases that you built there. Any, any uh, before we take a break, I just want to quickly highlight or ask this question about any, uh, it doesn't matter whether it is internal customers or external customers, uh, any 
thoughts that you would like to brief, uh, briefly talk about, about these live customer examples or how customers can benefit using these features? You don't need to tell the names of these customers or if it, or you can even talk about these internal customers like Ariba or success factors. Yep. So, so let, because it's our focus, right? Um, mm -hmm. We maybe I will stick to the internal um, customers. Uh, it's right. uh, like Ariba and Success Factors and S4. Mm -hmm. um, there, there we have of course some bigger um, use cases and and um, like I mean, if you use Ariba, you know the guided buying case, right? But there are also some other use cases that uh, uses natively AI Core to provide this to all Ariba customers. Right. So that's that's one. And the benefit from that and, and that's where it sets AI core at least uh, apart um, from other solutions is that we and this is because we have this a challenge see saw in SAP in SAP internally, we have this multi-tenancy concept that all customers on Ariba, let's say, are isolated. Mm -hmm. So this means there are no um switching and so on. Um, and this multi-tenancy concept really is so critical for SAP because we need to really ensure the isolation um, for our customers uh, to ensure uh, safeguarding data privacy and so on. So that that's why uh, we have AI Core there. Yeah. So that, that's one thing. And then, of course, there are customers that reach out to us and say, hey, we want directly to use AI Core. Um, of course, they can use it. Um, it's there. It's on BTP. Um, maybe they don't have this multi-tenancy um, um, challenge that we have internally because most of the time they're just serving their, their internal stakeholders, but could be even for for those cases for those internal cases could be also beneficial keep 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 think of um market units in a bigger enterprise right maybe you want to also isolate them because some spe specific market units shouldn't look into the other um market unit so um that's some of the ben there's one bigger benefit um um where customers uh, can can um benefit um again from the Ariba perspective or any other solution, bigger solution, or directly coming to AI Core. Beautiful. I know we are uh, having this interesting conversation and we kind of discussed into these inner details about how SAP's different AI tools are helping the enterprise on the enterprise solutions or the internal customers, the AI business services. I would want to take a brief break so that the audience can have uh, can digest this information and then we'll continue our conversation all right uh, welcome back i know we have been having some interesting conversation with mr hadi so hadi now let us uh, get into this question about the prerequisites we did talk about the ai projects the ai models and the uh, how these different enterprise solutions are available and how AI core and AI launchpad can be used. Uh, so let us, uh, could you briefly explain about what are the prerequisites needed when we are working on implementing any AI project and how SAP AI plays a role here and any guiding principles uh, to add on top of that? So let, let me first jump into the prerequisites um, um, for productizing an AI use case, right? So what you want to have is um, um, your data management um, layer or data management pipeline, 
which is happening somewhere else, doesn't matter where, right? But it needs to happen there. And then you have also done your experiments, which is the AI exploration phase, as mentioned earlier. And once you have everything together, the prerequisites are to um, come to 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 an envi environment which gives you the ab ab uh, option to be reproducible, right? Mm -hmm. So, and this is not an SAP specific thing. This is really generic. Uh, because you uh, for the experiments that you have, and if, especially if your data management pipeline changes data because during the daily life the change the data changes, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to have a way to um, not only uh, rerun your your tests but also to evaluate the uh, new data that comes in and so on and so on. And for those things, typical um, um, usage here are a Docker and Kubernetes environment, which at least from infrastructure perspective, it um, uh, is, is similar. Yeah, it's, it's the same as you would use it like one year ago. Mm -hmm. And then you, you have also, and coming now to your question from guidelines and principle perspective for AI, AI projects, and this is again, really generic, not SAP specific, is that you want to incorporate GitOps principle into your process. This means that you have your source code, you have your pipelines, you have the way to review your code and so on. And this is not only about uh, um, auditing your code, but also GitOps principle is much more, right? It's about also branching and so on and so on. So really have the option to uh, productize it. Um, and um, now to guidelines and principles. Um, so coming to SAP AI core, uh, what you need as a, as a prerequisite technically is to provide your code, of course, right? Because that's where <laughs> it's your use case. We don't can't can't know it, know it. And second, uh, you need to also provide the environment in which you want to run. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's basically Docker image which you need to provide. Um, be it Python, most favorably, but mm -hmm. could be also something else. Could be even Java, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really depending on your use case. Um, and what we handle here from our side on AI Core is that we ensure that we sync to your Git uh, repository, that we sync to your Docker image. If you provide some updates, we pull then the new updates in and provide this to the uh, environment. So that's basically the um, principle or guidelines that we, uh, we implemented so that uh, we can ensure end-to-end -end use case productively um, in, in our solutions. Beautiful. Now coming to the most important question of our podcast, I believe. <laughs> how do you differentiate SAP AI with other platforms and how it can help these mm -hmm. implementations of these AI projects? This is... Uh, it's it's really a good question. Uh, I I get it. I get this, get this also a lot. Um, um, first of all, maybe to make really uh, ex do ex expectation management. Um, we are we are not competing with the hyperscalers. Mm -hmm. First of all, because why AI core runs on the hyperscaler? <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe to really briefing this out into three sections uh, where we see our value or where we see a differentiation is um once uh, one part is we um we call it deploy confidently this means that uh, you have as an sap customer the option to um run customizable ai models mm -hmm. um at scale 
while preserving um, privacy and compliance. And the last part, like privacy and compliance, is about this multi-tenancy concept that we have in depth in our own solution, but also provide you if you would be in software uh, vendor to provide to your customers. Yeah. So that's that case about deploy confidently. And uh, one part that may be missed uh, in, this, in this sentence is the customizable AI model. Um, and that's a, a case where I want to quickly jump into one of our AI business solutions, uh, service solutions. Um, the, let's take the um, data attribute recommendation case, uh, where you as a customer can customize the model with mm -hmm. your data. And this means that you train for in in the in the context of data attribute recommendation on top of your own data a model which is owned by you basically because it's your data mm -hmm. and you do, you just provide your data and run a, a run a, a training and this provides then your specific model mm -hmm. and but now if you see it as a vendor software vendor um you need to provide your customers the option to customize your ai models Right. So um, let's say you have an infrastructure and uh, you want to do that um, so that your end users can do something like self-service AI. Right. right. So they provide data, they rerun it, and then they have their own model, Good. depending on cha changing data. So that's the deploy confident um, one. And then we have the big topic about integrating natively into our SAP solutions. And as of now, we have with ISLM in S4 context, uh, a way to directly integrate AI into S4 and uh, building for yourself customizable reports on S4 so that you can um, um, leverage AI yeah, mm -hmm. in your business process. But of course, in the future, we also look into um, other uh, solutions like Ariba and um, SuccessVectors and Concor so that we can give you as a customer this easy integrate uh, integrations and which which other vendors won't provide you because we right. obviously we are SAP right um so that's also one of the uh, bigger um differentiation that we have um, as SAP and last but not least is the um manage transparently because uh, wherever we have everything on AI core we have our um, AI lifecycle management in the background so we can track uh, everything that runs on AI core and we can provide you all with all those information that you need for managing your AI use case um, and do the whole lifecycle management of your AI use case. Um, and that's this manage transparently part. Beautiful. I like I like the way you have explained these three different things at a high level. Uh, now, before we go to the closing remarks and the key takeaways, there is one other question I want to put. Obviously, it keeps coming, right? Like what are some of the real-time challenges or experiences that the customers or you face or the internal customers face while working on this? And how do you tackle them? Maybe you can provide yep. some yep. High highlights or, around that. Sure, sure. So, so um, I again come uh, to the customizable AI model case, but let's first, let's say you have uh, done your experimentation and you have yeah one model that you want to serve to all your stakeholders, right? Uh, typical challenges, and this is really, doesn't matter if it's SAP or other um, vendors or other um, bigger enterprises, is um, to be compliant. Yeah, you need to have some, um, um, 
reproducible steps. Mainly you can do this within a container, but you need mm -hmm. to also track about that. Then what you want to also do is that your model serving is configurable so mm -hmm. that you have a way to decide what you want to serve to your end customer. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's the second part. Of course, if you do all, all do it by yourself, you can do it, but then you manage it also by yourself. It's uh, time ta time taking and resource taking. Then what you want to also have is isolation of inference per per tenant, right? So it's, it's, it's especially if your solution vendor providing to your customers, like partner cases, you mm -hmm. want to have this isolation. Um, um, and then um, what other challenges in this in this easy case with, the, with which is one model that serves all customers, uh, you want to integrate this into the application lifecycle man management and then monitor, of course, all those models mm -hmm. and then also detect model drift and so on and so on. Right. So that's even this is the easier case. Those are already are some big challenges to tackle. Yeah. And we from our side try to tackle those as as far as we uh, we can mm -hmm. yeah. and then now coming to the more challenging case which which is also uh, i from my perspective i see is the future um um from in from ai perspective from ml perspective is to provide your customers or your end users uh, configurable customizable ai model and there it's even harder the challenges there are even harder first you need not to try uh, to to deliver a model, you need to provide them, uh, let's say, an architecture or retrainable code for them, so mm -hmm. they can use it. It's really from from principle and mindset perspective the next step, because you're not just training something in the beginning and then you're providing it. It's more something that you um, you need to think about, um, yeah, carving out what is what is needs to be there and what is then done by the customer or your stakeholder end user. So that's the one part. And then again, you need to have um, compliant uh, compliant delivery. You need to have um, jobs and serving com configurable because for each customer, it there will be, um, or each end user, there will be a, diff a separate things that they need to do because their data is different than the other ones, right? Mm -hmm. And then you want to upgrade also, the next challenge is then to upgrade um, the, yeah, the ones, you want to upgrade retrainings. Retrainings means you need to provide again your retrainable code, code which is yeah. then shipped shipped to all uh, end users, which then they can use again to retrain their thing. And to track this and uh, provide this and broadcast this, this is also really challenging, um, if, especially if you have like hundreds or hundreds of end users, how do you broadcast this? Mm. Yeah, and then uh, this whole managing management of 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 uh, retrainable um, procedures within an isolated um, tenant, and so on and so on. I can really go on. Um, so um, th these are two. So if, from model perspective, these are two bigger uh, challenges. It's one the global model case, and then the in the custom model case customization, it's even much more. And what we provide from um, SAP AI Core is to tackle those challenges as good as far. And for the custom model case, which is even more important for us, we even um, have there our uh, multi-tenant service, which uh, helps you tend to provide uh, those cases, use cases. Beautiful, beautiful. Well explained, Hadi, uh, and it's very clear uh, about the way you have explained about these custom models and the global models. I know we, this is a very interesting topic, and we can 
talk hours together and uh, but i know we want to keep it below that 45 minute to 50 minute limit so i would thank you for the uh, for your time but uh, before uh, before that i think uh, could you provide any closing remarks or key takeaways where you can find more information so on and so forth for our audience of course i mean with uh, with all our our btp services and now i'm not not only talking about ai you will find a lot of information of course on discovery center right um as mentioned also by other colleagues i guess um so that you will there you will also find a sap air code air launchpad um we have also now introduced our uh, free tier um, um, offering so that you even can use as a customer to or, or partner to um, to use it to test it out um and to run maybe even a more smaller use case so that's also available and then i can also highlight and uh, really uh, um yeah recommend you the um developer.zap.sap um, uh, website because there we have really really um easy to follow uh, tutorials with sap ai code launchpad so that you can follow up and see how to productize your ai use case so i would really um urge you to uh, jump to there and for any updates and and or any news or any new product features of course as always it's um helped helpsat.com the documentation or the blogs uh, where we also provide some insights from blog perspective so that's basically those four channels that i would um, um urge you to look into <laughs> thank you hadi thanks for your time i will provide this information when i take this podcast live thank you for your time Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All right, let us now wrap up this podcast number 39. I would first like to thank our guest Mr. Hadi Harris for taking the time and explaining the different concepts around SAP AI Core and SAP AI Launchpad. I hope it has helped you clarify some of the questions that you might have had in the context of how to use these different sap ai tools in building your own machine learning models or leveraging other machine learning models and how you can use these sap ai tools uh, if you have any questions feel free to reach out to him mr hadi harris directly or uh, to me ragu banda and i'll put you in touch with him i'll be tagging him anyway in the social media post on linkedin as always if you have any further questions or any other feedback or if you would like to hear more different topics feel free to send me a message on any of my social media channels rk banda my twitter handle or ragu banda on linkedin or you can even send a message on my website xtrawai.com extraai.com you could also find numerous other podcasts that are already available and these podcasts are available on all the different podcast hosts like spotify or apple podcasts or uh, stitcher so on and so forth you can also alternatively go to my website extraai.com and find the information and uh, reach out to me 
Finally, I would like to thank you, the audience, in taking the time, in tuning in this conversation and providing your timely feedback. Thank you all. Have a wonderful morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are tuned in from. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Thank you and bye-bye now.